Welcome to the Everybody Soccer Podcast. Before the, we get things kicked off today, I just want to give a quick happy birthday to my dad. You may have heard of him, Dad Reno. He turned 68 on Tuesday, so way to go, Dad. Someone not too far behind in age, Tim Howard. We're going to talk a little bit about him. Recently, he's been linked with the Colorado Rapids about possibly moving there this season. So we don't really have a timeline or any, any more specifics than that. It's just been kind of a rumor. It's been leaked. leaked. And the, the quick thing that, that jumps to my head is this isn't really a great move for Colorado to take him in. They, they've already got two established goalkeepers, or, or two you know good, good enough goalkeepers. They have Clinton Irwin, fan favorite, everyone likes him, you know, good goalkeeper. And then we also have the recent addition of Zach McMath, Young goalkeeper, uh, I think he, he seems a little bit older than he actually is, but still relatively young goalkeeper that is kind of a question mark of what he could turn out to. He got thrown into the fire real early with Philadelphia playing as a 20-year-old. Really wasn't quite ready for it. I think this last year honestly did him pretty well, finally getting sit on the bench and getting a breather. So that they've got two two goalkeepers. Once Irwin's out of the way, hopefully McMath can, can take over. But to see Howard fit into that is kind of a big question mark. And the only thing I can really see of this in Colorado's favor is that since they are at the top, the allocation order right now is possibly to trade down or, or, or make some sort of move with someone else of trying to start a rumor of, hey, we're trying to get Howard. Some other club steps in and says, hey, no, we want him. And then they can work something out. I, I really can't see Howard going to Colorado as a good move for really either side. Um, yeah, and, and Howard, he, he's in a contract with... Everton to 2018 manager uh, Roberto Martinez is a big fan of him. And then he had this quote recently with the Guardian about Howard saying uh, about him about Howard leaving this summer. He said it is impossible to say that. Said Martinez when asked if Howard would be at Everton next season. We need to take it game by game and week by week. I want Tim to feel stronger in every game. Watching him in training, I don't see a sign of weakness or him being worn down or tired. It is the opposite. He is up for the challenge, up for helping the team and keeping up standard. Standards. I'm sure every experience will affect what you want to do this summer, or what, what you want to do in the summer. So um, a lot of question marks around Howard. He he's been for some time now, not so well liked by his own fans, and I'm sure Martinez is hearing that. But as he's a big Howard fan, it's kind of tough to say where he's going to go. Um, looking at the the most recent game against Tottenham was a three three tie this weekend, and, and just quickly going through that goals. The, the first goal. As the ball, it's over the top directly at Howard, but it bounces outside the box and then kind of trickles in with the next touch. And I, I really, I, I don't want to come down too hard on any goalkeeper in the situation because it's a very tough play of having a ball come straight at you out of the air. You've got the entire field running at you. You've got to figure out where the ball is going to land, where the next bounce is going to land, if it's going to be inside or outside the 18, how fast it's going to land, how fast it's going to land after the, the bounce. You've got your defender to think about. Is he still in the play? Is he not? You get the attacker coming on. What's he going to do? So it's a very tough play. It crosses crosses are difficult in itself, but with with this sort of play, it's very difficult because you're trying to assess so many different things. And the, the biggest thing for me, whenever a goalkeeper's done in this situation, is just make a decision and and really execute it, whatever it is. So if he stays back, then you know get yourself in position to make the save. If you go out for it, you have to get the ball. It's kind of where it comes down to and. Now, let's say he goes out for the ball, he hits it and doesn't work out and goes in for a goal. Well, I don't think you can really fault him you know, too bad unless it was just a, a egregious error. But you know, inversely, if he stays back and it somehow is a goal, you know, I, just because of what the decision was and if it turns out to be a goal doesn't mean the decision was, was necessarily bad. The thing with Howard is he waits 
a little bit. The defender's still in, in the area, and it and it drops down, and he tries to go for it as it's kind of getting close to 18, but it's still a little bit out, so he can't use his hands. He just tries to kick it away. Well, Diego Costa sidesteps him, makes a nice, nice little nifty touch, and then both past Howard puts in the goal. And Howard doesn't make a – I don't think he even touches the ball in the play. It's a good play by uh, Diego Costa of, of getting around Howard. But I, personally, I, I would have liked to see either Howard actually hit the ball. And against a tough place, I don't, I don't mean to say that lightly. But I would like to see him get a little bit of a touch on the ball or maybe drift back a little bit. Sucker him into the 18. Let's see if our defender can do anything or not. Oh, okay, he's out of play. Now I can come out, use my hands, and I can make a little bit more high percentage play. Again, it's a tough play. I don't. I don't want to nick on him too much because I, I think there are bigger errors with with Howard. And I thought he played okay this game, um, especially in reference to other games. But um, it, it's a tough play. I think he could have he helped himself out a little bit more. But you know, in the uh, is, I'll, I'll give him a pass. I'll say on the third goal is kind of what I'm. I'm more disappointed to see, and I know there's been a lot of calls about Terry being offside, but you watch that whole play again, he's not giving any sort of notice. He's not even looking at Terry as far as him being in a very dangerous position. His defenders aren't really marking up very well. He gives a quick shout-out to that to, to have someone slide over. There's a good chance that that goal doesn't happen and they walk away with the win. And even on top of that, you know, again, a tough play, but I think this is a little bit easier to handle than the, the over-the-top ball, and, and think if he gets his hands in a position to make a save, he will, because it, it glides past him, it hits his palm, goes in, but because he's trying to make a leg save when the ball's going up, and, and not a leg save opportunity, his hands aren't involved. And again, this is just another classic example of Howard's feet, being feet first and not hands, and I think if he just gets his whole body involved with just being a wall, not really trying to make a save, but just being a wall, then maybe reacting from there, you can actually make the save. So, you know, he didn't look great against Tottenham. He's, this is, you know, the umpteen game where, where he hasn't really looked great this season. Fans are calling for him to be out. Martinez is a big fan of him, but, you know, you're going to feel that pressure at some point. So the writing is definitely on the wall for Howard. I, I think a January move is a little soon on it. And so I don't, I don't really see him transferring out this this window. But, you know, if Howard's smart, he, he should go out on his own terms of, hey, I realize that, you know, things aren't, aren't looking so high here. I'm probably going to lose my shining spot. Why don't I just go, you know, while, while the, the time is as good as it can be, finish the season, then take a look elsewhere. And honestly, I, I just, I'd expect him to come back to MLS. He's going to want a starting spot somewhere. He's not going to want to sit. I, I don't know of too many Premier League teams that are going to want to start him outside of MLS and he could definitely drop down a level or, or play second division somewhere. I don't, I don't think he'd have a problem with that, but you know, if you're going to play at a lower level, we might as well play at home. So Howard should, I ultimately should, should really be more in control of his destiny, destiny as opposed to just being transferred out. And I would say the same for Guzan who uh, is still on the bench right now for Aston Villa and they uh, goal, goal impact tweeted out the percentages for, all, all the teams, whatever they, you know, first place to last place. And Villa right now is at a 92.7% of being relegated. So, so pretty high up there. It looks like they're going down for sure. And, you know, Guzan has to figure out what to do. We talked a little bit, a little bit about this last week of where he wants to go. And, you know, it's unfortunate because just recently he got tied into this gum gate, which I only say that to make fun of whoever actually came up with the title gum gate because it's such an idiotic name for anything of just tagging on gate. So I just want to make that clear. I don't like the name for that at all because it's so so uncreative in every single way. 
But apparently he's on the bench. Him and someone else were, were spitting gum onto the field to get toward, get see who could get closest to the field without getting onto it. That seems like a really weird thing to know. And I, I'm kind of confused on all the details on this. Nothing really came of it. But uh, apparently some fan had some interaction with Guzan. So uh, I'll read this here. And uh, you can decide for yourself how credible it is. But an eyewitness reported to the vital football fan side. So, uh, yeah, okay. But anyways, he says, I, I object to two senior players, one being Guzan here, spending 90 minutes laughing and joking on the bench and littering the pitch with your chewing in some sort of childish game. The guy next to me knocked on the dugout. They both turned. Again, one of these is Guzan. We said they were disgraceful and obviously didn't care. With that, Guzan told them, in other words, to run off. Said something else a little not as nice. But um, I knocked on the dugout and told Lescott, the other person with Guzan, he is supposed to be Villa, to which he replied, I am. He turned away. I knocked on the dugout again and said, why are you not acting like one? Which he said, run off in so many words. So, uh, one, I'm kind of confused on who's just letting fans yell into the dugout. Yeah, surely there's a little bit more control in this situation. So it sounds kind of weird, and nothing really followed up with this, so I don't really make anything of the story. But, um, you know, I think things aren't great at Villa. I, even if it was real, I can't imagine why we're supposed to be expected that Guzan's supposed to have a nice reaction of someone, his own fan, yelling at him in the dugout. I mean, what, what do you expect him to say? Oh, thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> you know, obviously he's not going to say that. So, um yeah, you know, I'm just kind of confused on all the details. Again, nothing really came of it. And this also, you look back, and this is three years now, but 2013, he's the player of the year, as voted by the fans. So, you know, it's really unfortunate. It seems like he's he's not gelling, this aside, it just seems like he's not gelling with the team as, as he did years ago when he was the uh, relegation savior. So, um it's just it's kind of unfortunate times for Guzan, and again, I'd love to see him leave on his own terms instead of the summer coming, and they're relegated, and he just gets shipped off. I, I, you know, I, again, I think it's a little soon for a January transfer. I just don't see that happening. But the summer, I would love for him to be in control of his own destiny of where he's going to end up. Moving on to another goalkeeper who's on a little bit of hard times. We've got Bill Hamid, who was hurt. In the offseason, which right now he's at the uh, U.S. Men's National Team camp, so it seems implied that he was, he was hurt at the camp. We don't have a whole lot of details on that. Um, and now D.C. fans are a little unsettled. And I guess the U.S. fans as a whole are a little unsettled because now we've got Guzan Howard not looking so hot. But the mantle seems to fall to Bill Hamid as far as the pecking order with Klinsman. He, he seems to be next up. Unfortunately, he, he's hurt now. It seems like he's going to be out for a little bit. So... Um, he had surgery on his meniscus and his knee, and it seems like everything's gone fine, but he's going to be out for a couple of months, and that's about expected recovery time, and I'm sure they're, they're not going to rush it or anything. So um, coincidentally, we had Andrew Dextra sign on the exact same day, if not the day before it was released that Bill Hamid had gotten hurt. So uh, it looks like they were going to let him go. I it Just total guess. It looks like they were going to let Dextra go. Hamid gets hurt, they need a starter, they got this guy they know who was on the team last year, and then they're going to bring him back. So what does this mean for D.C.? Well, I'll just go ahead and make this bold prediction. Dextro will be great. He, he did fine, did more than fine last season when Hamid got hurt with the same knee. Uh, I want to say it's his right knee, I'm not 100%, but it's the same knee that's hurt again, not 100% on the knee. Um, and uh, he Dextro stepped in, did fine. 
even Travis Wara played a little bit. He's actually U23 eligible. So now Wara is the, the backup goalkeeper. He was third string. He, he's bumped up. Um, and Wara's got a great story of not getting drafted and ended up getting minutes with him last, last season. So that was kind of cool. But anyway, so the bigger point is DC will be fine. Hamid will come back at some point. Dexter did great last season and really undeservingly so. And I, I got a lot of, uh, got blasted a lot for last season for saying that Dexter was actually playing better than Hamid. And I got a lot of angry comments about that. But I, I stand by and I think he's a great goalkeeper. And I expect Hamid to, to outplay him in the end. That's you know totally conceivable. Um, but Dexter just is played really well last season and uh, he's a strong goalkeeper, one that you can really trust back there. So, you know, it, I'm looking forward to, to seeing him, him play again. So, DC fans, don't worry. This is going to be okay. I, the, really, the the bigger issue right now is what this says about U.S. soccer because whenever Hamid went out, Sean Johnson got invited in, which is one of the worst decisions in a while that I, I've heard as far as our goal, goalkeeping pool goes. Of all the people bringing in, one, he's not U23 eligible, and we had the chance of getting, you know, U23 goalkeeper in. So I'm confused on that again. We talked about that last week of why they didn't. I don't know why they didn't bring someone in. But of all the people to bring in, you know, you're not obviously you're not bringing people in off any sort of reward now. If you're going to open up to Sean Johnson, which you know question mark on how he ends up his career, fair enough, that's fine. But he's 26. It's not like he has a huge ceiling anymore. You know, the the, the game is passing him by, so to say. And you look at him now versus three years ago. How is he any different? Hardly at all, if at all. So. Uh, it was so confusing and frustrating of seeing all these good goalkeepers play last year. We have Stefan Fry, who isn't, okay, it sounds like he isn't a citizen just yet, but he does have his green card in September 2014. Uh, ASN wrote about how you know he has his green card and he isn't too far away from getting it, and he didn't know if it was going to be six weeks or a year. Well, it's over a year now. I, I would imagine it wouldn't be hard to get him. He played great this last season. Uh, Tim Malia in Kansas City played great. You know, it's just we, we have good goalkeepers out there. And Bingham, okay, that's fine call up. You know, I think that's fine. But we there's you know, so many good goalkeepers out there, and we're just going to call in this guy because we're comfortable with him. Or I don't know. It, it was just so frustrating to see such a low standard for, well, who, who can fill in? Well, here's a guy that's been here before, but he isn't playing great. Oh, it doesn't matter. Just bring him in anyway. So D.C. fans, again, you're going to be fine. Don't worry. U.S. fans, this does not, not give any more sort of ease of how – Guzan, Howard, Hamid aren't on great times right now. Who are we going to turn to? Well, a guy that hasn't really proven himself in any sort of way, but I guess we can just bring him in again. Moving on to the college side of things, we had two drafts this last weekend. We had the MLS draft and we had the NWSL draft for the women's game. Uh, going to the MLS draft a little bit first, we had Andrew Tarbell getting selected with the eighth pick to San Jose and a lot of weird... Uh, uncomfortable commentary on how this wasn't a great pick, and which is confusing because he's 22, so he he's not no, none of ugh, I say none of these 99% of these players aren't to the position where they're going to start, and almost even more than that, 99.9% of all goalies that are getting drafted aren't going to start for their MLS team right away and, and down the line, yeah, sure. But I mean, he's 22. You expect a 22 year old to come start for whatever team it is, so. Yeah, he's not pushing David Bingham for a position at all. This is this is merely just to get back up. They only have two goalkeepers on roster right now. He's got a GA contract, so it's not hurting the salary cap. It's a great pick. He's 22. Bingham's 26. Four years down the line, Bingham's 30. 
Tarbell's 26, and they're in a great position of either Tarbell didn't pay out, that's fine, you move on, didn't hurt your salary cap, you can move on. Or if Tarbell did pay out and Bingham's not great, then you've got your switch there. And if they're both great, then you're in an awesome position to deal one of them out. You get a little bit of compensation for that. You can either go with the 30-year-old who's been playing fine up till now, or you go with the young gun and you know rebuild a little bit, but he's ready to go. And so it, it's a win-win all around. I, I'm not sure why people were thinking this was anything but that. And, and really the only problem with this is that their USL affiliate, Sacramento side, signed Evan Newton, who is, uh, a, as far as USL goes, a great goalkeeper there. So, you know, the timing is probably not going to be real real sharp for Tarbell this first year, and we'll, we'll see what Sacramento does. But, um, you know, I imagine he'll get, you know, five to eight games with the USL side and, you know, continue to develop. But uh, this is a great pick for San Jose, and anyone who says otherwise is is – uh, not not being honest as far as what the draft is for. So uh, it was even such a great pick that Sporting Kansas City traded away their only pick in the first two rounds because they weren't going to get Tarbell. So they were three spots after San Jose. They traded their pick away. They don't, they're not even going to pick anyone in the first two rounds. They're not going to bother with it. And uh, they they went on to, to say that um, it, the reason why they, they traded away in Taylor Twelman uh, also – comment on this is that there was there was the only player that was a 10-year player well excuse me Tarbell was a 10-year player in the draft I shouldn't say the only one but that they were really eyeing for Tarbell and they thought he was a 10-year player and could have really worked out obviously they didn't get the pick and this is a really confusing comment and almost wor worrisome that they've got a U23 goalkeeper that they just re-signed and is, is he not the 10-year player I mean he's a 23-year-old he played fantastic in the few games he got last season so you know didn't didn't play a ton but Played fantastic, and then you know you're going to make this comment about oh we could have got a 10 year player. You already have him on your roster. I, I I'm confused. That it, are you not valuing him the appropriate amount, or are you just kind of saying it offhandedly? So that was a really confusing pick or a really confusing comment to say from from Kansas City. And so I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Moving a little bit down the list with the 17th overall pick with FC Dallas, it took Ryan Herman out of Washington. Of course, you're going to hear that he's six foot six, huge goalkeeper. You know, I, I'm a little reluctant to say that he's a great goalkeeper because how many six foot six goalkeepers do you know that are great? I, it, it seems like if you're tall, you're just kind of assume that you're a great goalkeeper and not knocking on Herman at all. But I just think there were some better picks out there. It seems a little bit early. I feel like they could have got him later in, in the draft. I'm not quite sure why they liked him so much. Taylor Twelman teased a little bit about uh, Jesse Gonzalez leaving FC Dallas, actually. So. Uh, which I, I don't hold a lot of water to that. You know, maybe he's just going out there. Maybe, I don't know, he's Taylor Twelman, so you never really know. But, um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was an early early pick for Herman, and, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. But uh, I think I think they could have got a little bit better option if they still wanted to go goalkeeper, if not somewhere else on the field. So th there's been a lot of uh, pushback about the draft of, of its meaning and just, you know, it's not worth a whole lot and, a lot of the, the great players are getting signed to homegrown contracts or just, you know, going elsewhere and that the, the draft just doesn't really mean a whole lot. And, and I, I would agree as far as impact, you know, it doesn't seem like most of these players are really just going to be a standout star on the team. However, you know, it's kind of fun to, to watch and I think they do good publicity with it. And I think it shows some connection with the, the college game in MLS, which is something that MLS and college both apparently want so you know i'm okay with that I, I maybe tweak it a little bit of one maybe make the rules a little bit more understandable so this is the second year in a row we've had a goalkeeper left off the board that 
it was because of home ground rules that they didn't get on. So you can go read my article, Pat Wall, fantastic goalkeeper coming out of Notre Dame. Personally, I thought he was the best goalkeeper going into last year's draft. Doesn't get drafted because he was tied up with Houston Dynamo. They didn't realize it till draft day or something like that. And he's left off the board and he can't get drafted. And, you know, he ends up going to work for NASA, so it worked out for him. But, you know, that, that was absurd that the best goalkeeper, and even if you don't say he's the best, he, he won a national championship with his team. So, obviously, he's really good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just absurd that he didn't, he couldn't even get on the board. And the same thing this year with another goalkeeper that was tied up with, with a homegrown contract with Real Salt Lake. And, you know, and they got that one fixed, so that was fine. And he may get selected in the third or fourth round. But, you know, it's just confusing of what, how do you guys not even know how to run your own draft? So, one, make those rules a bit clearer and just maybe understandable for everyone. I don't even know why there's a draft board. Why can't just anyone get drafted? And then two, I, I don't really care for having so many games in such a short amount of time. I think it's three games in five days, whatever it is. You know, you're not going to get a whole lot as a scout from watching that. And, you know, it's cool to have like a combine and I get that. And I, I don't put any you know, test or any water into the, the testing of how high they can jump or how fast they are. It's kind of fun to look at. And if a team wants to draft someone off that, whatever, I, I don't care. I don't, I don't know why people are getting upset about that as if that makes any sort of difference of what the type of league MLS is or what the, the reality of scouting is for the college game. Oh, like, oh, they're going to, you know, get a player because he can jump real high. Obviously the, the scouting isn't great to begin with. That's, you know, I, I don't know. It just seems kind of silly that you're going to point to that as a problem with the combine. So, you know, maybe if they did more of like a skills contest, that'd be kind of fun to watch. And I, again, I like the publicity. I think it's a cool time to get some face time for, for the players and um, hopefully show some connection between the college game and MLS because there are players that, that go from college to MLS. So, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say get rid of it. If they did, I, I really wouldn't mind that much either way. I, I'm not a huge fan of drafts to begin with, but I think they do a fine job of just showcasing some of the players. I definitely tweak some things to to make it run a little more smoother. And, you know, in the day, we get to hear Taylor Twelman leak out some rumors. So that's kind of fun, too. So, you know, I'll take what I can get on it. It's fine. It's not a big deal. It's not hurting the league in any sort of way. You know, what it is what it is. So, uh, goalkeepers still left on the board. Ones that ones that really matter. Well, I say I should say it. Ones that are likely to get called are uh, Calum Irving, which is out of Kentucky. Uh, he'll probably be the next one to go. Again, Zach Bennett is going to be the big steal here. Was pretty sure he was going to go third or fourth round. It looks like I'm hopefully going to be right here. Again, we've got Wade Hamilton and Matt Bersano still, still on the list. You know, I could see it at least two, hopefully all four going. But, um, yeah, we've got two more rounds. And I think late back half of third round, fourth round, we'll see goalies' names get called. Um, and if I had to get four teams looking for goalies, I would name Chicago, Houston, Orlando, Philadelphia. So Chicago only has Sean Johnson, which basically have half a goalkeeper there. Houston, Orlando, Philly have to fill out their USL roster. So, um, again, these aren't, we're not looking for starters for, unless we're just looking for backups and possibly stars for the USL team. So, uh, you know, those are the, those are four Chicago, Houston, Orlando, Philly that we're looking like they're probably going to select a team or select a goalie in the next couple rounds. On the women's side of things, we saw five goalies taken in four rounds. And again, we, we, we see these goalies going late in the draft here. So, um, and, and to really, tie in the men's draft and the women's draft as kind of the same isn't really accurate so we've got less players being selected in the women's draft so four rounds I think it's 36 players total uh and then the men's draft you've got what 80 80 players going so 
in, in the women's draft, the women's game, college game, there's still a lot of those elite players there. And the very, very top ones are, you know, getting signed very early. They're going overseas. You know, they're doing something. But a lot of top players are still in the college game for the women's side. So it's actually a pretty cool draft. A lot of those names that are getting selected are actually pretty good players. And unfortunately, the women's game hasn't really filled out those the second, third tier divisions of paying spots where they, they can go play and, you know, maybe get drafted a little bit early, leave college a little early and really fill out. There's not that developmental side. So all the developmental goes through the college game, which, you know, admittedly it's not ideal, but you still have those big names in there. So we saw, we saw five names go through. So pulling those up real, real quick, we've got uh, Britt Eckerstrom, Abby Smith were the first two back-to-back -back picks. Two spots later, we had Caroline Casey go. And then the fourth round, we had Madeline Schiffel, as well as in the last spot, Lindsey Luke. Now, there's five goalies there. Four of them ahead of my top ten at the end of the year. But all five of those very, very good goalkeepers, I think they have a really good shot of being on the roster. The thing with the women's game is, with, or at least with the NWSL, a lot of teams only carry two goalkeepers or really only pay two goalkeepers. And, and they had practice players around, and that's a great way to get your name out there. Maybe you don't sign with that club, but you know you get some connections from that. So, you know they'll still be involved if they if they don't get signed. You know, and of course you always have overseas option as well. But so let's say Abby Smith, who went to Boston for whatever reason, doesn't sign. They are they they keep her as a practice player. They, you know that's a that's a strong possibility. So um, I, I thought that Britt Ecker Britt Eckerstrom pick was really good, and uh, Abby Smith was expected by I would say most to, to go first, and she was the next pick. But Eckerstrom was runner up with her team in the W League, was goalkeeper of the league, goalkeeper of the year in the W League, which is the second division. Now it's folded, but it was the second division, and also won the national championship this year. So, you know, she, she's been on some good teams at the very least. She's a very good goalkeeper. I think that's a great pick there. Abby Smith, I'm a little less high high on. She's had some U.S. youth team, but. You know, it seems uh, like she's trying to do a little too much or trying to overplay her hand. I think she, if she just played percentages a little bit more, she, she'd be a little bit smoother with, with everything going on. So, uh, And then, of course, the other three you know, very good goalkeepers. Lindsay Luke was, was the one that really stood out to me there. With, I mean, she's got some, some very strong hands. A lot of crosses that come in. She'll hold it, shot, she'll hold it. She's not looking to just hit it away. She's a little bit older, 23. Um, and then I want to say Casey is 21. But... Um, you know, there's a little bit of age gap there, but I, I still think Luke can uh, contribute down the line for uh, her team as well. Always four, always five goalkeepers. I think they can contribute. Just kind of depends on what's going to happen if they get signed or if they're going to look elsewhere if they don't get the money. Last thing is we're going to run through real quick. We've got the CONCACAF awards, uh, end of year awards. So the, the goalkeepers, there was one for the men, one for the women. So as, as relevant ones for uh, American soccer that, Players will recognize names on the list. We've got the 10-ish names. Got Andre Blake playing at Philly, Bill Hamid, Brad Guzan, Evan Bush out in Montreal, and then also Tim Howard. And I guess Jaime uh, Pinedo, who plays for Panama national team, but also was at Galaxy for a little bit. Um, the the one that's kind of stand out for me, I guess Blake, but you know Jamaican national team there. But Evan Bush, who's not tied to a national team, obviously. Um, but he had a great run. He was a goalkeeper of the year in the CONCACAF Champions League. And I can't remember what exactly happened, but he got a yellow card. He got, left him out. Of, I'm pretty sure that first leg of the final was something totally bogus. And he, he wasn't happy about it either. I remember that. But I honestly had a really good run in the Champions League. And then one, one omission that uh, would probably stick out for CONCACAF fans is 
uh, Keylor Navas, who plays over at Real Madrid. So uh, I, I just don't think he had the... I'm not sure why he's not on the list. He didn't get a ton of playing time there, but if you're the backup at Real Madrid, that's good enough. I, I would honestly, I think that'd be the easy pick. And uh, uh, I, I'm not sure he's going to win on the list. Honestly, the American lineup doesn't look that great. Of course, you know, we talked about our problems with the previous named ones. Of course, Bush had a, had a good tournament. So uh, I think last year it was Guillermo Ochoa had, had won it, I'm pretty sure. So you know, there's a good chance he'll repeat on the women's side of things. Uh, was just littered with American goalkeepers. So Alyssa Nayer, Ashlyn Harris, uh, Aaron McLeod plays played for Houston as Canadian, but Hope Solo, Michelle Dalton out in Chicago, uh, Michelle Betos for for Portland. We had Rosemary Chandler, who's a U20 goalkeeper. So a lot of, a lot of names there, American. Um, Betos, you may remember that name. She was the one who scored the header for Portland uh, Thorns this season. And of course, Hope Solo happened to win the World Cup. So it's a good chance she'll probably get it. Kind of undeservingly so, because she really didn't have to do anything back there for the entire tournament. I think maybe the Germany game, she had one or one or two decent saves. So uh, I think the Australia game was actually her, her big game. But either way, pretty easy tournament for her involved. So, you know, I, I honestly, she'll probably get it. And I guess you deserve it when you win the World Cup. So, you know, that's fine. So uh, those are the goal, Goalkeepers of the Year nominees. We'll, we'll find out soon who those are going to be. Uh, some other big news, we had Troy Perkins retire, so he was a backup in Seattle, and he had a really interesting video come out of him just talking about his time in Seattle after playing at Portland, and he ended up saying that he became a nicer person when he moved to Seattle, and uh, that's, that's what his wife says. So uh, I found that really interesting, and um, I didn't really know what, what that meant, but uh, he definitely seemed to appreciate his time in Seattle, and he's moving to the goalkeeper coach, so uh, he seems to be really excited about that. Other things on the, on the list, uh, on a side note, John Bush, 37-year-old just became a free agent. I think there's a good chance he may retire, but we'll see where he lands. Uh, but anyways, moving on, we, we had a really great article, and a uh, huge thanks to Marcus Roy. You, get, you go to my website, everybodysoccer.com, that middle link there, revisiting the U20-1989 World Cup. Marcus Roy did a fantastic job of holding on to stuff and sending me some scans of pictures and uh, the little program that came with the tournament and talking about the 1988 Mexican scandal where uh, Mexico used overage players in the qualifying tournament for the U20 World Cup. So originally Mexico finished second behind Costa Rica and the U.S. finished third, top two advanced. Well, Mexico got bumped because they'd used overage players. It came out. This is big ordeal. Uh, you can go read about that on there. But U.S. advanced, and then they went to the tournament and got fourth place. So cra crazy events there. Uh, Marcus Roy walks through a little bit of that and what he remembers from that. Uh, honestly, the, the pictures were my favorite part. I, lo I love seeing those. It was just cool seeing something that was, you know, so old. And, and this is, yeah, it's not on, I really wish I had done this two years ago, but it's on the 17th anniversary, I guess, of the of the tournament. It happened 17 years ago this February. But um, yeah, it's just cool history looking back. And as far as things I've put out, this is right up there with the the 1989 um, uh, Paul Calagiri goal that I wrote for, wrote for Pace Magazine a couple years ago on the 15th anniversary of that. So, uh, honestly, these, these two, and 1989 was a big year for American soccer, as you can guess, but these are two things I was really proud of being, have my name attached to. So, uh, thanks again to Marcus Roy for that. Uh, you know, that, that was huge, uh, being, and I'm really thankful to be able to put that out with my name on it. So it was kind of fun, even though I just wrote down stuff. So, uh, last couple of things, we had the save of the year get decided. So, with a huge fan base, EJ Proctor ended up winning it for Duke. And you go through those saves, and, and honestly, that wasn't the one I, I would have picked. I really like the uh, Brendan Alfrey one where he had a 
run back to the goal and punch to the side. That's just such a unique save. Honestly, that was my favorite, but you know, I put always 15 in there because they're all good saves. So, you know, I, I'm okay with any of them winning there. Obviously, I wouldn't have put them in there if they, if they weren't. But uh, practice save, well, it may look kind of simple. You go back and watch that, and you, you can just two angles on it. So hopefully you can get a good view of it. But um, it, it's such an awkward situation of having a ball redeflected right in front of you. And I guess, you know, with the thigh, it's a little bit, you know, you can read that a little more as far as, far as what the thigh is going to do as opposed to a foot on a ball. So you know it's going to go up, but it's still a big save of, you know, it's a semifinal game everyone's looking at you if that goes in you know I, i'm not sure what point in the game it was but it ended up being a 2-0 game that just changes the entire game whether it makes it 2-1 1-0 whatever it is it's, it's such a huge save it's easily the most clutch save on the, on the list so totally okay with that winning uh she won with like 44 percent overall so a huge huge landslide of like almost a thousand votes so that was really cool seeing that we'll try to do it again next year it's just uh, we'll see that <laughs> same uh submissions we get and then the last thing we got here is our fictional goalkeeper bracket so again we're voting on who would be the best goalkeeper of all fictional characters that don't have superpowers so we've got we're gonna have two this week and so if you're listening to this on monday uh that, that's you've got 24 hours here i'm going to tweet it out go, go to my twitter and uh look look for the 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 voting there but we've got two groups so the first group we've got our captain group i'm gonna go ahead and spoil it for you if you listen to the Sunday night, but uh, we've got our captain group. So we've got Captain Morgan, Captain Kirk, Captain Jack Sparrow, and everyone's favorite captain, Captain Crunch. So which of those four would you think would be the best goalkeeper vote on that? And then our next, or the other bracket we've got is the Bill Murray bracket. So we've got Peter Vinkman from Ghostbusters, Steve, Z Z Steve Zizou from Steve Zizou, and then Phil Connors from Groundhog Day, and then Carl Spackler from... Kadishak. So I was a big Bill Murray fan, so I really wanted to get him at least into the next round. So which of those four, you know, you may think they're all kind of the same person as far as goalkeeping abilities go. I would strongly disagree with that. So uh, really think this over and, and see that, you know, pick the one that your heart truly follows. Um, the Again, the, the ones we've already got into the next round, we've got Link and Chuck E. Cheese for sure into round two, and then we're going to take some runner-ups as well. So um, go, go look at that, hashtag GK Royale. Uh, take a look at that, and um, the next week we'll, we'll go back to just one. Uh, I'll give you a hint. On next week's, we have uh, uh, spy-related spy people, I guess I can, that's the best I could say. Uh, 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 gun, gunslingers, I guess. Gunslingers such spy people. I don't know. That's not really a big help. Either way, just keep an eye on that. Mondays, we're going to be voting. we get two this week, so keep an eye on that. Thanks again for stopping by. Come by next week when we yet again talk about American goalkeepers.